What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Mortcast. Before I get started, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee, beautiful lower downtown, Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Last two years, I've been uh, reading and uh, talking to you about Blanchard Family Wines. In fact, it's been almost exactly two years, um, and it's still the same as it was back then. And we've been through a pandemic since. Uh, best place you can get wine in Denver. Uh, best wine bar in Denver. Um, go to Facebook and Instagram. They got a whole bunch of uh, of, of things they uh, put on specifically to kind of show you, display to you what they do there. Uh, go to bfwdenver.com. Pick yourself a bottle of wine. Look, if you're going to go in there and uh, you're going to look uh, listen to my recommendations, like if like as if you would, uh, go to uh, get the bottle. Of, or excuse me, a, a, the uh, 2017 Cabernet, which is. Uh, uh, my personal favorite, favorite, but they got other really great wines there. It's just don't limit yourself, um, like I do. Uh, they have got a bunch of other great things, some from whites to reds to blends to rosés, anything you can think of. Go to bfwdenver.com, like I said, put, pick yourself up a bottle, or get yourself uh, some of the swag they got on their website. Go to Facebook and Instagram, your Blanchard Family Wines, and uh, they will uh, hook you up. Remember, they are between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. When you go in, or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you there. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Okay, Nuggets, first day free agency, and they are done. Um... Just a quick rundown. They re-signed Will Barton for two years and $32 million. It probably won't be exactly $16 million per. Usually these things are built-in raises, so it's probably 15-something one year and 16-something uh, the second year, but there it is. Uh, they signed Jermichael Green for two years, $17 million. So 8.5 basically is the average on that, but once again, you probably have raises built into it. And uh, so that's probably, you know, lower first year, higher second year. Uh, they also signed, in a surprise move, uh, Jeff Green, for late of the Brooklyn Nets, also late of almost the entire league. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll talk about them in a second. Um, and they also, and that was a two-year $10 million deal. And they also signed Austin Rivers uh, for a one-year deal, uh, the numbers of which have not been... Uh, put out there. Um, so we'll, we'll see, um, on that one. Uh, so that was the extent of the Nuggets free agency. Um, talking about Will Barton, I think that's probably the best deal the Nuggets could possibly get. And I think Nuggets fans, even though we're, you get frustrated with Will, um, I think that's probably his market's worth. Um, basically they were bang on with the market with it, with their, there's always the chance that some team can come in and could have come in and like said, "Oh, give give you 20." Kind of like what happened with Jeremy Grant, which, uh, I, I you know he may he may prove out to be that he deserves that kind of money, but um, it, it, there was always that chance. But it seemed like both Will and the Nuggets wanted to make a deal happen, and the getting him on two-year deal is absolutely incredible because getting 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 two-year deals for relatively affordable rates are are worth their weight in gold and quite frankly um you know will barton was due to make almost 
15 million this year, so it's only a very marginal raise on what he was uh, on what he was already making. So um, I know my Nuggets fans get frustrated with Will, but Will is valuable for specifically, very specifically, this season right here. This season is this is the reason Will Barton was signed and re-signed. And that's exactly why the Nuggets, they were left with not a ton of options. Um, you need Will in order to kind of survive, as I said yesterday on the, on the last Morecast. This is years about survival. You've got to survive without Jabal. And part of that survival is keeping Will here to at least give you some semblance of offensive playmaking, um, you know, while Jamal is out. Part two is Jamichael Green. Now, uh, the interesting thing about this is this is only a slightly higher rate than he was already making. Um, and this is basically Jamichael Green committing to the Denver Nuggets for two more years because they showed him loyalty. And I think that's a good thing. Um, Jamichael uh, signing, re-signing, basically guaranteed that Paul Millsap would not be returning. And I think that was part of that signal as well. The Nuggets really needed a guy that was a little bit more versatile than uh, what Millsap was able to give them at age 35. So uh, this was this was obviously going to be something that uh, the Nuggets valued. And they got him, and they got him at a good veteran rate. So um, good for that. Uh, we'll, I'll talk a little bit more about fit in a second with Jermichael. Part three, Jeff Green. Now, uh, this part I have to explain. I'll explain in the Jermichael uh, uh, part here in a second. But the Jeff Green uh, was surprising to me. I was, of all the people who were out there in free agency, I was expecting, you know, guys in the caliber of, uh, you know, uh, at the most, uh, Doug, I mean, I do, I'm saying at the most, Doug McDermott, uh, but I didn't think the Nuggets were going to be in a position to really go outside and sign a uh, uh, a free agent. They uh, the Jeff Green signing did tip them into uh, this the over the tax. Now the thing about the tax is that you can get out from under the tax. Um, all that really means at the beginning of the season is that's where you are, and it's and, and there's certain provisions that bar you from making future deals once you go into the tax, and that's all that means. But you can get out of the tax by the time the year ends. So your actual bill is a lot less. So there's, there's, there's that part of the equation. Um, the, the, the nuggets, um, but this did tip them over. But to be honest with you, uh, I'm going to have to give you some thoughts about this for why the nuggets signed um, Jeff Green, and it's 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 going to be interesting because it, it it addresses one thing, but it leaves a gaping hole in another place. Uh, Austin Rivers signing, um, I think, due to Jamal's injury, and quite frankly, some loyalty to to Austin uh, Rivers, who honestly uh, showed was a good citizen, showed good uh, ethic, and really fit into the Nuggets culture when he came in. 
And part of these the reasons you sign some people is, is, is reward them for being a good soldier. And I don't know what Austin Rivers is going to make. It can't be a tremendous amount. Uh, they haven't announced that yet, but it is a one-year deal. So that tells you this is about Jamal being out. And uh, we'll see how that fits in. I don't have a ton to say about Austin Rivers that we haven't said last year. You all know how he fits in. Um, and he's not part of the big picture equation. Okay, now as far as the two signings of Jermichael Green and uh, Jeff Green, um, here, is the, here is the crux of this. And I did speak to some sources yesterday, people in the league. And they believe the Nuggets thinking on this was, was about the way the Brooklyn Nets used um, Jeff Green in the Eastern Conference Finals specifically. Um, Got to keep in mind, the Brooklyn Nets had uh, DeAndre Jordan on the roster, and they played Blake Griffin at center as the starting center. And backing him up, playing center, was Jeff Green. Now, there was a little more flexibility there. Sometimes Green and uh, Blake Griffin would pair together. But it was uh, Steve Nash's uh, mid-2000s sons again. It's with Amari Stoudemire playing center. Um, that was the vision. Uh, of course, Mike D'Antoni is on that staff. So you, you've got a, a situation where the Nuggets saw specifically what was happening against the Milwaukee Bucks. Let's keep this in mind, folks. The, the Brooklyn Nets were missing Kyrie Irving and a half-healthy half um, James Harden was there. And they still probably should have won. They are, they're, they're Mike Budenholzer is a toenail from Kevin Durant away from being fired. Let's be blunt. And that is how sometimes the twist of fate is, kind of like uh, how uh, Brett Brown, maybe you look at him differently if, Kyra, if uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard's shot doesn't bounce around the rebound and go in, right? Um, so uh, there is that, but there is the looking at the Brooklyn Nets and how they are able to do. Now, people have overemphasized what the uh, Phoenix Suns did with Darius um, Sharich. Um Sharich was kind of, to to put it bluntly, Sharich, the, the, the overemphasis of Sharich on that is is a little uh, ridiculous. Um, yes, he's a small 6'9", uh, 6'10", uh, center. Uh, he's a guy who's really a small forward, but he was playing center. So it's kind of like the Jeff Green thing. Um, the, the Phoenix Suns... There was, as far as when it comes to the Nuggets, it was more about uh, the fact that Nikola Jokic couldn't get to playing against the second unit. So let's not let's not uh, overemphasize Sharich here. Um, Jokic really um, one of his greatest attributes is exploiting uh, people who uh, they basically outlasting. people so he can he his stamina is so great that he can play through to a second unit and really make hay while they put i.e. the Frank Kaminsky's of the world out there and he would have done the same to Charich but the problem was is the the Nuggets specific issues 
in an inability to score uh, in that series kind of limited to what they were able to do with Jokic, and Jokic was just a wreck. So what was happening is they were playing uh, Aiton like, almost exclusively on him because they knew that Jokic didn't have a ton of help. Um, and uh, people have, I've, I've said this over and over, people have taken the wrong lessons away from that series. The Nuggets could not score. And that was their problem, you know. And you know Malone's going to go, oh, if we just doubled down on defenses. No. The Nuggets just couldn't score. And it was eminently clear that they ran out of gas um, halfway through the game one of against the against the Suns because they didn't have Jamal. They were missing, you know, P.J. Dozier. Um, Barton was about to come in. It's just they didn't have the guys. They didn't have the horses. So the model you're seeing here is probably more akin to the Brooklyn Nets. And the the way they – but the, the, the difference here is the, the, the Nets staggered a lot. One of the big three is always on the court. Um, Malone doesn't do that, and uh, it is exceedingly frustrating. But in order for this to work, Malone is going to have to start staggering Jokic and Porter. You know, Porter got some – second unit run, but it would probably be made a lot easier if Jamal was there, but they need they need to stagger Jokic specifically. And the way to make this work is to stagger Jokic and Porter and Gordon, because Gordon's minute shift was really weird. Um, they needed They needed to do that more and when Jamal comes comes back, they'll be doing that anyway. I'm getting into the weeds. Jeff Green, specifically, more than Jamichael, Jeff Green's brought in to hopefully alleviate some of the issues the Nuggets had with staggering Jokic. Um, hopefully, giving him a an option in a second unit or or making it more of a stretch every five out second unit. Um, Jeff Green's not the best defender in the world. Um, Jermichael is probably a little better, but the versatility is what they wanted. So if, if you envision a scenario where either Jermichael or Jeff Green plays center in the second unit, uh, along with, you know, Faku and, uh, PJ Dozier, that's, that's that there's not a lot of firepower in that offensive unit in the second. So they're really going to have to stagger Porter in with that. Um, so that's the vision there is to kind of get a little bit of, sprinkling in with hopefully, hopefully Malone staggering the lineups a little more. And Will Barton uh, doing what he does. I, I, you know, you know what Will Barton brings, so you don't really have to worry about it. All right, uh, I'm going to take a moment here in a second and talk about DraftKings, but we're going to take a break first and we'll be right back. I'd like to talk to you about DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Um, you know, as as has been telling everyone, I, I'm I don't profession I don't do sports betting, but I have a ton of friends who love DraftKings. Um, specifically, my friend Pat, my sometimes co-host. Uh, if you heard him on CSG Politics, and if you go over to the Gen X show, he's frequently on that. Uh, we recently just did an episode on uh, Ryan Adams, which was really good, and talking about how um, uh, liking problematic artists and, and, and the whole thought process there. 
But Pat really likes it, and he likes how you how accessible it is and usable it is and how great it is to do prop bets on it, which I think is all the rage right now. DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer just for the listeners. Listen to this great offer. Now, this is about the Olympics, and we still got time on the Olympics here, folks. Not long on this. The Olympics are, are going full, full strength. Place any pre-event wager of $1 uh, to be eligible uh, to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year, I can read. Uh, that's 101 odds of an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze this week. 100 to 1 uh, uh, excuse me 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this does not come around often so sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now and get in on all the action download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS that lets them know that uh, the Mortcast sent you when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. That's code MHS to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Um, second part of this, and this is going to be a short segment. Uh, the... Uh, there was no extension forthcoming for uh, announcement from the Nuggets on Michael Porter Jr. Um, I don't know what I was expecting, but uh, I think I was kind of hoping that the Nuggets would get this over with quickly. And that did not happen. Now, I don't want Nuggets fans to, to panic over this. Um, the problem we have here is... Mark Bertelstein has a bunch of clients, and uh, there may be some issues right that. Michael Poor Jr. is in Denver, and uh, he is uh, at Pepsi Center working, working out, working on his game. Um, so we wait and see. Uh, I don't want to belabor this, but as I've said over and over, uh, again and again and again. The Nuggets don't, I just am praying they don't get too cute on this. Because if you, if you load a contract up with injury incentives for a guy like Gary Harris, it is different from a guy who is, you know, has thermonuclear uh, talent and uh, could be a James Harden-esque star. Um, you, you, there's lesson upon lesson with this. Lesson upon lesson, you don't mess around. You just get it done. James Harden, uh, part of the reasons the, uh, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder messed up so poorly, and which is why I think that the, the overpraise of Sam Presti is a little ridiculous, um, is that a lot of the issues with Harden was they just messed around with his extension, and they made it eminently clear they didn't want to pay for him. And there was only like a $4 million difference, but that $4 million difference between James Harden, and this was, by the way, this is almost 10 years ago when the Harden trade happened. The, uh, the, the issue was exacerbated by the fact that um, Harden felt disrespected. Now, there were some things going on, and James Harden isn't the easiest uh, culture person to have on your roster, but... 
it really comes down to the, the, the Thunder were trying to save money. They didn't want to go into the tax. They didn't want to amnesty Kendrick Perkins. Um, future jump TV star Kendrick Perkins. So uh, there is a there is a, 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 a kind of a disconnect there. Same thing with Gordon Hayward. Um, the Jazz that was a colossal, absolutely colossal blunder. I just and I knew it at the time. You know, Utah didn't have a, a lot, and they were a team that was trying to build. And they played around with Gordon Hayward and made him go get a contract and restricted free agency to sign. And that left them open to him only signing a three-year deal, uh, which the, the, the Jazz were screwed. Jazz were screwed. They had no leverage over, over uh, um, Hayward. And I explained this in the podcast about uh, um, not overthinking the, the Porter thing. Um, and the, you play a dangerous game. You play a really dangerous game if you tell a guy who is of Michael Porter Jr.'s talent, we don't think you're worth this much. And half the battle in negotiation is trying to tell someone but they, that they, you don't believe they are worth what they think they are, which is a thorny subject regardless of the caliber of the athlete. But the stakes are raised when you have the likes of Michael Porter Jr., and uh, one hopes that this is just a delay uh, in the actual contract, um, you know, the, a delay in the actual, you know, starting of negotiations uh, due to Mark Bartlestein and him being a little busy um, over a negotiation that is bogged down due to um, the team wanting to give Michael Porter Jr. a bunch of injury um, clauses slash bonuses in his contract. Um, you don't want to play around with that because, as I always, as I said before, this is one of those situations where Michael Porter Jr.'s value is actually pretty static despite his back injury. He already proved himself. His perception in the league is very high. And you don't want to get to a point where you lose all your leverage with a guy. Make him play on his on his uh, last year of his deal. And then extend him a qualifying offer and then like leave it to the fates. You really need to get it done now. And as I've, as I've said, the best way to do that is just to give him as close to the max as you could possibly get him. Make it seem like it is a max. Don't, don't, don't get cute. And then go from there. Or just give him the max. But don't insult the guy. And I don't think the Nuggets want to do that. So I, I, I'm hoping that this gets resolved quickly. Um, and actually I hope by the time that this is uh, uploaded. that uh, Which is going to be soon. <laughs> I hope that things are well on their way to being done. Well, thank you all, everybody, for joining me on the latest Morecast. I'll be back soon with another episode. Goodbye.